you not seen his uh, PJs that he wears to, to morning meetings too? It kind of threw me off. He wears his hat. I mean, he's got swag. He's from Miami, right? He's a proud hurricane. I've known him for a while. Uh, maybe not on a personal level, but from afar. What he brings not only just, you know, with swag, but attitude, professionalism, and I, I'll say more important, leadership. You know, when he talks, the room gets a little bit quieter. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, here's your boy, Q. That was Raiders linebacker coach Antonio Pierce responding to one Cassie Soto who asked about Denzel Perryman wearing a, a beanie cap and drinking coffee in 100-degree weather, but that's what Denzel Perryman does. That was a response right there again from Raiders linebacker coach Antonio Pierce, who I think is going to be a nice addition to that Raiders coaching staff. That's me. I could be drinking the Kool-Aid. I could be falling for a banana in the tailpipe, but I do think he's going to be a really, really good coach for the silver and black. And speaking of Cassie Soto, she joins us on the phone lines now from the Review Journal. And Cassie, appreciate your time as always. And what did you think of uh, what did you think of Antonio Pierce when he talked to us there at the at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center during mandatory minicamp? I really wanted to ask a follow up on the PJs. <laughs> I have, we we have not seen uh, the Den, uh, Denzel Perryman PJs, so I really wanted to see that. Um, but no, I thought he had a great answer. Uh, every time we, we talk to Denzel Perryman, he's kind of always got something funny to say. And I just had to ask about the beanie because Q, you and I had, had been out there during OTAs and um, training camp or mandatory camps. And, uh, and you look, we're, granted, we're far. So I'm like, are my eyes really seeing this right now? So I zoom in on the camera and there's Denzel Perryman rocking the beanie with like the little <laughs> fluff on top. And I'm like, it is really 95 degrees at 10 a.m., so there's got to be something behind this. Yep. So I had to ask him. I said, hey, what's behind the beanie? Like, beanie in May? That's pretty bold. And he's like, oh, I'm from Florida. It's what we do. <laughs> and I, I have never been to Florida, so I don't know if I, I didn't fact check that, but I'm going to take his word for it that Floridians wear beanies whenever, like, any time of the year, Q. Can you, can you fact check that for me? Do well, you know? You know, it's 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 more than Floridians. It's Miami. It's Miami. Oh, okay. It's specific. It's it's my it's that Miami swag. Miami cats. They're cut a little different. Okay, okay. Because like every so, I watch like Miami shows, right? Like <laughs> I love Dexter. Do you watch Dexter? No, I don't. I don't have any idea. Okay, so I have I watch- a feeling I work with Dexter right now. Is Dexter? <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> oh, I hope not. Oh, you a better fan. watch your back, Q. I hope not. But anyways, in every show I've ever seen about Miami, I haven't seen one person in a beanie. So okay. I'm going to just take his word for it. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. No, I, I've, I've heard people refer to Dexter, but I've never actually seen the show. But uh, I'm, I'm going to kind of label Ari that until he can figure out the phone situation. Oh, no. Get it together, Ari. <laughs> Again, we're talking with Cassie Soto here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. So uh, I know, like you mentioned, we didn't get to see a whole lot. We were pretty far away. But from what you were able to see, and more importantly, what you were able to hear from coaches and players, Mm -hmm. didn't it seem like everyone was kind of, they were understanding what the new coaches wanted? Yeah, and that's competition, I feel. Mm -hmm. Like right off the bat, it's competition um, within the each position group, it's competition within their pl- the each players themselves to to go above and beyond in camp. And from what we were able to see, right, a handful of stretches, a handful of drills, and whatnot, I think that the competition competition level is high, and that starts with the leadership in the room. That starts with Josh McDaniels encouraging that competition. Uh, can't remember the position coach that said it, but they but they had mentioned that. 
hey, you know, our guys are looking around the room and there's a few more jerseys in there that, that are going to be there uh, in a couple of months. So they got to earn their spot there. If you're a veteran, if you're a rookie, if, if you're just coming in, if you're going to end up being a bench player, or, I'm sorry, a practice squad player, you know, you got to earn the right to be there. And I think that it all starts with a competition. And we saw glimpses of that. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I don't know about you, Q, but I'm really excited for about a month from now to see that competition really, really take off. Yeah, me too. And I'm interested to see exactly, you know, where our angle is going to be like, what we can actually see, you know, because it's, it's a new regime, so it's all new to us. But in, in training camp last year, and correct me if I'm wrong, I started to feel like, okay, I can see what this team is going to be. I can see this team is starting to come together. Do you get the idea that we'll, we'll get a pretty good idea? Maybe it'll take a little bit longer since it's new, but it feels like we'll get a good idea during training camp how, how on the same page they'll be. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think last season, you and I think I can remember you and I talking about the energy you could feel from one Max Crosby, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Seeing him go through drills, seeing him encourage his teammates, seeing him rep after rep have just more energy throughout the practices and sure enough he makes it to his first pro bowl you know last season so i think yeah you get a you get a glimpse you get a taste of what it's going to be like during training camp what it's going to look like during the season and you know i'm excited to see what Devonte adams looks like when we can really see him get going uh hunter renfro right now on that new contract and again max crosby on his contract Derek carr they have so much more to work for now right they've they've gotten all the noise out of the way all they can focus on this year now is playing to the best of their ability, learning under this new regime, and I think, yeah, we are going to see it as soon as as soon as we're allowed to get on that field and get a good glimpse of these guys come training camp. Right, no doubt. And you know, you said something that that stood out to me. We've talked about it a little bit on the show. Was you know, it's it's just about football. And knock on wood that there's nothing crazy that happens in between now and then. But it does feel like they actually have an opportunity to just go out and play football and not worry about contracts, not worry about uh, drama off the field. It just seems like this is the first time in a long time it's all about football. How much do you think that'll help this team in general? Right, even like presidents coming and going last season right. too, like yeah. out of nowhere, right? Yeah, so no, I think it is just about this team. It's about learning Josh McDaniels and learning all these new coaches. And, and I think that that's really, that's maybe a breath of fresh air for this team that did have to go through so much during the season, but still to be able to build off of what they were able to accomplish last year, going to the playoffs, obviously, you know, not making it out of the first round, but being able to get there through everything they were through everything they were able to to overcome. And I think having those core group of leaders back also is going to be huge to help these rookies, to help these newcomers say, hey, if, if we can get through this, we can get through, you know, a couple couple practices in the 100-degree weather and we can figure this thing out as a team and get going come September 11th. Yeah, no doubt about it. We're talking with Cassie Soto from uh, uh, the Las Vegas Review-Journal, Vegas Nation, here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Uh, a lot of the, the, the attention that we paid when we were out there was to the offensive line. And we look at the offensive line, we're going to look at Alex Leatherwood. How much better do you think he'll be in year two after going all year? I know he didn't play the same position. He was a tackle and a guard, but he played all year. He got those reps under his belt. How much better do you think he could be year two? Oh, I think it's going to be huge for him. I think even just the way, if you can remember last year when we would hear from him on the podium, there was maybe sort of a sense of like reservation that he had when he was speaking to the media. You know, obviously as a rookie, didn't know exactly how to address this. And I feel like there is a new wave of confidence in him that I saw. Uh, when he was speaking to us. And I feel like that is a reflection of 
everything he was able to learn in his rookie year to get those kinks out of the way, to now be able to learn, right, uh, alongside Colton Miller and to be able to get his veteran leadership to, to understand what it takes to be a good offensive lineman in this league. And now we have with the new coaching staff, you're saying uh, Carmen Brasillo, right? Yeah. Yep. Still learning all those names. Yeah, yeah for Brasillo, sure. <laughs> um, Carmen Brasillo, his new coach, and the confidence that he has in him where he's saying, hey, we're, we're not going to pin Alex Leatherwood down to one role because if you're only playing one role, you better be the best at right. that position. Yep. So you're going to learn every role, and I think that maybe that takes some pressure off of Alex Leatherwood where he's like, all right, I, I can – if I can fit in in multiple places, the more versatility I have, the better use uh, I can make for this team, the better usage this team will have out of me because they can trust me in multiple positions. And I think that as a rookie, to be able to play multiple positions, to, to see them firsthand and get the, maybe the, the nerves out of the way right in your rookie year, to be able to come in year two stronger, better than ever, have a good off season a good training camp now, it's it's only going to be beneficial for Alex Sutherwood. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that he has an opportunity. He's got to go out there and earn it. But if he could be mm. uh, better and, and show that he gets it a lot more, man, I mean, he could really help solidify that offensive line. Now, Cassie, uh, I know that Pops is a huge Raider fan. What is, <laughs> what is, what is he feeling about this season, knowing the players that the team has, knowing the expectations? How is he feeling about this upcoming season? Dad is Super Bowl or bust every year. <laughs> he's, uh, he's that kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I think uh, once we get closer to the season, he, he comes down a little bit. But, oh, yeah, he's, he's full steam ahead with this team. He's excited for Josh McDaniels. He's excited, obviously, getting Devontae Adams here. I don't know how many missed phone calls I had from him when the Adams trade came through. I'm like, Dad, I'm working right now. I'm, I can't talk. <laughs> So no, he is he is excited. He's ready to go. Him, my uncle, the the whole the whole Soto clan, where they're they're very excited for this season, and they've got high hopes. I bet uh, they year do. After year. I bet they do. But <laughs> but then there's controversy because he's fired up about the Raiders. Moms has got to be pretty fired up about the Broncos. Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, <laughs> she hasn't. I think she's still. She's kind of. You know, I think she's a little more like. Reserve, Like, she doesn't want to get as excited right okay. away, I don't think. Where a dad is like, he's got the whole, where did we go? We went to dinner the other day. He had the hat. He had the polo. He's, he's got his <laughs> Jeep. is all raided out. I'm like, dude, you're ready for the season already. Like, okay. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's there. Uh, Bronco babe, she's she's easing her way into it, um, and dad is ready to go. I bet. I have no doubt about it. So, Cassie, the question that I threw out there uh, for the listeners earlier and they were responding was, it's Father's Day weekend. What would be the ultimate Raiders Father's Day gift that uh, you could get your father or a significant other, but in your case, obviously, your father? What do you think his ultimate gift he would want? Uh, one a Raider alumni come into the house and my dad barbecuing for him and then just kicking back and drinking some beers and just relaxing, enjoying the company of a Raider of a love. Probably Tim Brown. Ooh, it's Tim Brown at the crib. That, yeah. yeah, Tim Brown at the crib. Nice. Yes. I like it. Tim Brown at the crib, and Tim Brown brings his friend Q, because Q has yeah. no problem going <laughs> and hanging out and having some uh, having some cervezas and also uh, having a little bit of barbecue. That would be that would be great, man. I would love that. So, uh, yeah, we yeah. got we got to make that happen. All right, Cassie, before I let you go, uh, what do you got coming up? VegasNation.com. I know you guys are putting in a lot of work. You're preparing yourself for training camp coming up in about a month. Yeah. What are you looking at right now? 
Yeah, I actually did a really great interview earlier this week with a longtime Fresno State play-by-play analyst Ooh. who was there during the uh, Devontae Adams-Derek Carr heydays. And so I'll be putting that video together next week. And we're just kind of reminiscing on the Fresno State days of Carr and Adams. And he, he gets Raiders fans excited about what they can expect come uh, September. Wow. Is there any little nuggets that you could drop as a tease for us? Uh, I mean, I'm going to be showing a lot of video of the 2013 championship run okay. that uh, Carr and Adams went on. And so that'll be really good. And and I think he just he really dives into the connection that they had off the field. So mm. so, so that'll be good. That'll be good to, to see what they were like in college coming into the pro days now. Yeah, no, I look forward to that. Make sure uh, make sure that I'm sure I'll see it. But as soon as it yeah. drops, man, make sure that you let me know, because I definitely want to pay attention to that. Take care. And, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, take it all in and everything. That That's going to be a good one. So I'm looking forward to that. Well, Cassie, I uh, appreciate you as always. Make sure you tell Losa. I said happy Father's Day. You enjoy your weekend and we'll talk next week. Hey, happy Father's Day to you, Q. Enjoy it. Thank you. Appreciate you. There she goes. Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, VegasNation.com. You can find her at underscore Cassie Soto on Twitter and with us here on Unnecessary Roughness. And that's really cool. How about that? Did a little nice little interview with the play-by-play from Fresno State that has the history of Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, 2013 championship run that they went on. You tell me that's not something to kind of get you a little excited and fired up? I look forward to that myself. Good stuff. Cassie Soto again from the RJ here with us on Raider Nation Radio 920. 314 is the time. Want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Salmon Ash text line 69187 keyword R&R. Two questions for you. What would be the ultimate Raiders, Raiders Father's Day gift for either you or your father? What are you looking at? And then if the Raiders won the Super Bowl, if you knew that they were about to win the Super Bowl, once you could feel that it was over, what would that emotion be like for you? What would your immediate reaction be like? This is coming off the strength of Steph Curry when he immediately broke into tears. He was almost laughing and crying at the same time. He was so fired up and excited and emotional about that championship that the Warriors earned last night versus the Boston Celtics. So he'll holler at us. Let us know about it. 702-365-9200. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. I do feel pretty good. Coach said I look good. Uh, everyone saying I'm, I'm looking stronger. I feel stronger and I feel faster. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Just heard Lamar Jackson. Wondering what's going on with his contract. When is he going to get his contract signed, sealed, delivered? What kind of contract extension is he going to get? I've said this a million times. I'll say it a million more. If I'm Lamar Jackson... I just look down the road in Cleveland and say, you see what's going on over there? Do we have any of those kind of issues over here? No? All right. Run me my money. Straight up. That's, I mean, that's how you negotiate. Cleveland has opened up a can of worms, and unfortunately for the rest of the league, most of the teams are going to have to pay for it. If you have a stud quarterback that is going into a contract year or is supposed to get a contract right now, most of the quarterbacks are going to look at what happened in Cleveland and say, <laughs> we ain't got none of those kind of problems. You need to go ahead and run me my money. I can only imagine if Dak Prescott hadn't got paid already. Because Dak hasn't really done a whole lot of anything. He's not a league MVP like Lamar Jackson has been. You know that he's a talented dude. He can win you some games. He can lose you some games. But you have to feel like, man, <laughs> if this team was willing to do this, that, and the other for this guy... I mean, that's some that's some leverage right there. Now, we saw when Derek Carr got his contract extension, that wasn't part of his conversation. And I know that's not part of everyone's conversation. I know it ain't all about the money, except for it's 
a lot of times all about the money. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see exactly what happens with Lamar Jackson. But I'll say this. I know he's representing himself. I'm sure he's got some advisors in his ear. Of course, his mother's helping him out as well. I just hope he doesn't leave money on the table that he shouldn't leave on the table just because he doesn't have a big-time agent. If he's able to get this done on his own, great. Kudos to him. Shout out to him. If not, young man, ask for some help because this will probably be the biggest contract that he has a chance to sign. Now, maybe he'll sign another one that's even bigger. We, we, we've seen that happen plenty of times, right? Like what Aaron Rodgers just did. But that's not a guarantee. It's not especially the way he plays. You better go get as much money as you can right now that makes you comfortable. It makes you feel like, hey, this is, this is where I need to be. 322 is the time. Coming up at 3.30, we got Howard Beck from SiriusXM. He's going to put a bow on the NBA Finals, put a bow on the NBA season, uh, talk about the Warriors, talk about the Celtics, what they have moving forward, and even some uh, thoughts, maybe a little little small thoughts on what may happen next year as far as uh, the outlook of the young teams in the, in the NBA because there's a lot of really good ones, including the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, before we get to that, though, I do want to go out to the phone lines and talk to our guy, ABA Ivan Davis. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, how's it going, Q? Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, I uh, let's see. To answer your question, uh, this the first one was easy. I'd probably be almost in tears myself if Derek, <laughs> so to watch just to watch Derek Carr raise that Lombardi Trophy. For everything, everything he's been through, he remind he, he. I mean, it might be different sport. To me, he's like Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. You know, Curry got rings, and, but the sacrifice that they make for their team, okay, uh, is probably equivalent. So I would probably be definitely almost in the tears to watch him uh, raise the Lombardi trophy because I think it would mean the absolute most to him. We can almost count on some tears from Derek Carr. Oh, yeah. Okay, and the uh, the second one, uh, man, I forgot the second question. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate Father's Day gift. Oh, yeah, the, uh, the ultimate Father's Day gift would be season tickets. Somebody just say, Ivan, I know you you mad about the Raiders, so here's season tickets to to the to the game and, and hotel room. That would be like mad respect. I'd, yeah, I'd man, especially there. if you get the hotel room too. Proud. Yeah, man, you got the hotel suite, man. We gonna go see you at Caesars or something. You gonna be out there like like they were in the Hangover, man. You'll be on the top floor in the suite. Shoot, yeah. Talking about <laughs> touchdown Raiders. To show you how we do it in the biggity biggity O. There you go. There you go. Hey, great call, my man. Definitely appreciate you. And uh, have a happy Father's Day this weekend. Everyone have a happy Father's Day out there. Great call. I do appreciate that. Uh, so, yeah, good one. He said, see how they do it in the biggity biggity O. That's a little rapping forte. Uh, you know, I don't know if you know about that. All right. I don't know. Look, don't. Hey, why you gonna roll your eyes at me? Hold on, homeboy. I'm saying Cofield and Company. I know what's going on. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. You can flex your muscles then. Mm-hmm. All right. Rapping forte action right there. Appreciate you, ABA Ivan Davis. And I uh, got a couple more texts that I wanted to get to real quick. Uh, 69187, keyword R&R, the 7-text line. Uh, this one's from Rob in Oakland. He said, personally, if I could make a Raiders-related Father's Day wish, I'd want to run some routes and have Derek throw me the ball. I'm not young anymore, so maybe I can get in line with Devontae Hunter and other wide receivers before I start puking after 10 minutes of running. How cool would that be? You know, when they when – they, then they have events where people are able to participate or something like, I mean, just that would be really cool. You already look like you're tired just from listening to that. I'm tired thinking about running routes with those guys. But wouldn't that be cool? It would be awesome. But yeah. yeah, you'd definitely be puking, I think. I would like to be, and I, and I know that I, I, would, I would get embarrassed, but I, I wouldn't, in, in the, in just like what Rob is saying, 
I'd love to to be if they were doing one on one drills and I'd be the DB. Now, like Rob said, I I probably could get maybe two two to three reps in and I'd be puking on myself. I'd be so exhausted. But that would be fun. Like if I was up there trying to to defend Hunter Renfro and he'd shake me out of my shorts within like the first two steps, Devontae Adams would moss me. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that would be kind of fun just to line up. And could you imagine just I mean, just for S's and giggles, could you imagine like even getting a hand on the ball? I'm not saying intercepted, but could you imagine just getting your hand on the ball? That would be cool. Just saying that, hey, I deflected. I, I had a PBU, a pass breakup. <laughs> I'd be talking. I'd come in here talking all kind of trash. Man, you know what I did? I, I broke on the ball. The oh, you, I talked about earlier how, how creative the story would get. Oh, my story would get crazy creative. Oh, Devontae the most was running. person in the building. Oh, yeah, yeah. Every day. Hey, I was playing. I was bumping run on him. I was all <laughs> up in his grill. You know, soon off the line of scrimmage, uh, I hit him. I hit him. I jabbed him at the line. I threw him off. He stumbled. He stumbled. <laughs> He regained his, his footing, and then boom, I got inside of him. I pushed him towards the sideline, you know, the boundary. I opened up my hips, turned around, knocked the ball down. The only reason I didn't intercept it is because he, he, he passed interference. <laughs> That's why. That's why. <laughs> yeah, you'd be insufferable all oh, day man. long, nonstop. Oh, all Whoa. day? Getting me away from two. All day? Dog, I, still, I still talk about my home runs that I hit at Getterman Stadium in Central Texas in a softball game. Are I you? still talk about that. You know I'm the same about basketball. You've heard my stories. You have no athletic bones in your body. Years ago. You have no athletic but I did anything. Block someone shot once. So Not, that is like my, you know, who? I'm t- who your oh, little this brother? Is like fresh, this is like freshman year in high school. Who? Who? Did, who did you block, Damon? The future starting point guard of our varsity team. So there's my. That's like my Q story. Okay, it's, but who is annoying? But, right? But no, I just because I don't <laughs> His believe Brendan Lamana. He didn't. Do he didn't anything. do anything. Obviously, he made like a D two school or something. Oh, he went yeah, to D2? obviously, if he got blocked by me. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Let's hear from Raider Fish in Berkeley real quick. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show, brother. Hey, what's going on, son? How are you today, sir? Oh, I'm chilling, man. I'm blessed. Hey, uh, you know what? I just called. I don't even know what the what, – what are the <laughs> – did you ask us some questions? You know, I dig your show, show so much. I just wanted to call. What are the questions today? Yeah, what would be the ultimate Raiders Father's Day gift if you could come up with one? And then how would oh, yeah. you feel – what would your emotions be like when you realized that the Raiders were hoisting a Lombardi like Steph Curry did last night? Oh, man. Okay. Let, well, that's, woo! So I remember I remember the Jets. I think we beat the Jets to advance to the uh, AFC Championship game. We went to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, man, I felt like, um, man, dare I say, uh, I was, I, I, waterworks. Water works, baby. There was a <laughs> rupture in the pipes. All right, water spewed out, baby. So, uh, oh, that would be. And it, you know what? And I had a little mist, little mist in the eyeball when we advanced to the playoffs. So it's going to be an emotional situation. If that's your question, how I would feel. Yep. It would be very. Was that the question? How I would feel? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, y'all, man, emotional, emotion. Carl Thomas is so emotional <laughs> now. That second question, listen, this has been my life. I'm a season ticket holder. I've been blessed to be able to be a season ticket holder the first time in Oakland, the first time in L.A., the second time in Oakland, and whatever time this is in Las Vegas, because who knows, we may move again. So (laughs) the ultimate situation for me, Q, is 
a Winnebago, okay, or 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 the equivalent of a full blown uh, motorhome situation, state of the art, and tickets to every single road game. There it is, right there. That's how I want to roll. Happy Father's Day to me uh, forever. If somebody was to go ahead and bless old fish with that type of situation, let's go, Raiders! Hey, great call, Raider Fish out of Berkeley. Appreciate you, my man. Great stuff. That was fantastic. My man said a Winnebago so he can go to every Raider away game, every road game. That was awesome. I like it. I like it. Coming up next, Howard Beck, Sirius XM. He's going to put a bow on the NBA season as the Warriors hosted another trophy. We'll talk about it next. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. It means we won. It means we uh, took advantage of the opportunity to get back here. And I mean, I hear all the conversations. I hear all the chatter. We hear all the chatter. At the end of the day, it's about what we do on the floor. I ain't got to talk about it, just got to go do it. And uh, this one hits different. This one hits different for sure. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. 3.33 is the time. You heard Steph Curry right there talking about this one just hits different. Talking about another championship and his very first NBA Finals MVP. To kind of put a bow on the NBA season, we have Howard Beck from SiriusXM, also SI senior writer, joining us now on the phone lines. And Howard, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. We do appreciate you. And you heard Steph right there talking about this one hit different. I'm a Warriors fan. The first one was fantastic. The second and third ones were, they were good. They were great. But this one, it was different. How different was this one for you? Well, I mean, listen, I think that, you know, you covered this league long enough and you covered multiple champions uh, along the way. You know, I, I was there for all three of Shaq and Kobe's and all of LeBron's. And, you know, players will always tell you, teams will tell you, um, it is different every time. And repeating is tough and getting back is tough. And so every single one of these, there's a different kind of satisfaction. But I think this one was truly unique for the Warriors because – Six finals in eight years is an achievement unto itself, and fourth championship is is a huge. Uh, I think um, a fourth would be big regardless. A right. fourth for them was huge because, like the first title, it was not one you necessarily expected. Nobody saw them coming in in 2015 when they won that one, and this one, it's you. You could look at it and say, well, okay, you know, uh, you know, they finally got Clay back. They had their core back together, but it's. Clay after being out for two and a half years. It's Clay coming back in January. It's, you know, Draymond being out for months and Steph being out for a while. Like, even as recently as two months ago, we weren't sure what they could do because Steph was going to miss the whole tail end of the regular season. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just remarkable. And so I think part of it is that the way this came together, the unexpected aspect of it, and, 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 and listen, I, if you win one, you want the second one to certify the first one. And if you win two, you want a third. You get a fourth, it just takes you to a different level. And especially when they had to reconstitute this entire supporting cast and they don't have Kevin Durant this time. And it's an older Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Right. No, you're right about that. And again, I just I sat there and I was in amazement uh, watching it and watching it unfold last night and them hoisting the trophy again. Just thought, wow. Pretty incredible. Are we not talking about Steve Kerr enough? Are we not giving him enough props as now he has nine titles as a player and a coach? Yeah, I mean, the detriment of, of, of being a coach of a dynasty 
and of having a lot of great players is that you you rarely get the credit for it. Um, you know, uh, that's especially in today's NBA, um, where players more than ever it seems like that they're they're the ones who have all the the kind of uh, control for, of your destiny, right? Um, but you know, you have to look at it's, it's like it's like the marriage of Pop and Duncan, right? Kerr is always talking about Steph as being Duncan like, and I think that Kerr, while he is not Pop, the relationship that he has with Steph, I think, is very much like what Pop had with Duncan, where there's this this great synergistic relationship. Um, they, you know, Mark Jackson had coached the Warriors before Steve Kerr got there. They were good. He made them into a very uh, solid defensive team, a top-tier defensive team. But offensively, despite the presence of Stephen Clay, they were middle of the pack. And Steve Kerr went in and introduced a, a, a style of offense that still to this day some Warriors fans chafe at. Oh, just give Steph the ball more. Just do a more high-back and pick-and-rolls all the time. <laughs> but, it, but, but Steve was a disciple of Popovich and of Phil Jackson, and he wanted an offense that reflected the values that those guys espoused, which was ball and player movement, which was everybody touches the ball and you find the best shot and give up a good shot for a great shot, all that stuff. Talking and right. So, yeah, Kerr, Kerr absolutely deserves credit. Yeah, no, I, I think so as well. And again, we're talking with Howard Beck here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. As far as Curry goes, I, I was one of those that didn't believe he had to have a finals MVP to solidify who he was because I feel. He changed the game anyway. But now that he did get that finals MVP, what does that mean for Curry? Yeah, listen, I, and I feel the same. He didn't need it, and anybody who thought he needed it, I, I think uh, is just crazier. They're just looking for reasons to try to diminish what he had done to date. But it, that's exactly what it does, though. It takes that off the plate now. If you if you were somebody out there who thought, oh, well, you know, he, you know, he – he only got the one before Durant, and they blew the three-to-one lead before Durant, and he doesn't have a Finals MVP, and you know, like as if this was some kind of market. Yes, well, okay, well that's gone now. So if you're somebody who was very skeptical and trying to keep him out of certain discussions, or trying to downgrade his career achievements, you know that that was a, a, a talking point before. Um, but I will say, as somebody who thinks that Steph had nothing left to, to prove to me. Um, Doing this at this stage as the sole engine of this team, right? The first time it was truly the straight the numbers thing was real, and it was the Splash Brothers, and it was Steph and Clay were almost equal partners in their offense, even if Steph was the point guard and driving more of it. Um, so he, he, you know, that's part of the reason he didn't win Finals MVP. Like he did not, he was not the dominant player in that series. And then, you know, the second year, obviously, blown three to one lead and all that stuff. Then Durant comes in, and, and now he and Durant, they were, at least in the regular season while Durant was there, you know, almost equals in terms of the offense. But Durant, you know, just literally and figuratively stands taller, and he got finals MVP both times legitimately. So that Steph does it this time, not just as unanimous finals MVP, but as, as the sole engine of a team that did not have a clear co star or a clear second option. Like they, Clay is not fully Clay yet, and Jordan Poole is is just evolving. And Andrew Wiggins, you know, some nights he'll have it, some nights he won't. There is no clear second guy, and so Steph had to do a lot more offensively. So he was very clearly the guy who was the engine. There was no debate in my mind about who was going to be Finals MVP, but by being the sole engine this time, it made it clear if for anybody who had doubts 
that he can drive this thing on his own. Howard, I wanted to ask you a couple questions real quick about the Boston Celtics. I feel like they have a bright future. Coach Adoko did a great job, especially uh, after the early uh, struggles of the team. But what do they need? What's the piece that they're missing to take that next step? So my uh, my podcasting co- uh, co-host, Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated, the two of us had this debate twice this week already. We'll <laughs> probably keep having it in the weeks to come. I think they could use a veteran point guard, a, a more of a natural point guard, a playmaker who can organize them and make sure that guys are getting better shots and maybe avoiding all these ghastly turnovers. Uh, Maddox thinks, uh, firmly believes that Marcus Smart not only has taken great strides, but will continue to, and that taking the ball out of his hands to put in another point guard, even if you could get that guy, would be a mistake because one of the advantages the Celtics have defensively, what's made them elite defensively, is having Marcus Smart as this just you know monster at, at, at guard to guard the other point guards and can switch on to bigs, can switch one through five if he has to, um, which is a fair point. You might make a trade-off that, that you know knocks you down a little bit defensively to, to pick up offensively, but I, I just, between Brown and Tatum and Marcus Smart, they've got three guys who all can do something with the ball in their hands, but none of them are natural playmakers uh, or, or you know, natural point guards types. Um, I think you could use that. Uh, Jamal Crawford and I were chatting earlier, uh, maybe it was last week actually, but Jamal was saying, listen, I, I think they need a Chauncey Billups type. I don't know who the Chauncey Billups of today would be, but I, right. I, I kind of agree with Jamal. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It really does. And again, we're talking with Howard Beck here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Just got a couple more quick questions for you. Uh, as far as uh, Jason Tatum goes, you know, he he really, uh, he he's the guy. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind he's going to be a superstar. Was it a matter of just kind of running out of gas? Well, it could be running out of gas. Tatum put, played a ton of minutes, and that was that was well chronicled. He had that shoulder thing going on, stinger, whatever it was. He kept, you know, grabbing at his shoulder during the finals from an injury that had happened earlier in the postseason, I think. Maybe that was quietly bothering him, and we just haven't heard fully about that. Maybe it's also just, look, it, it's his first time. He's really young, and this happens sometimes. Um, I don't think it's any indictment of, of Tatum. It wasn't a great series for him, clearly. But the guy was legitimately part of, of the, uh, not the top tier of the MVP discussion this year, but he was on a lot of ballots and finished, what, sixth or seventh in the, in the voting. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to be in that discussion for years to come. So his future's bright. He's still evolving. And, you know, this, this I'm sure he will look at ultimately as a great experience. I agree. I do too. I mean, I, I honestly, I think that that's going to be the case. You know, I, I kind of look at it like when LeBron was in Miami and they didn't get that championship and it just kind of gave him that drive to go work a little bit harder, continue to develop his game. And we all saw what happened after that. I think Tatum's going to be such a star in this league. Well, Howard, great stuff. Uh, we do appreciate you. What do you got coming out? You mentioned the podcast. I know uh, you're also doing the work for SI. What, what do you got coming out that we need to be on the lookout for? Um, I'm going to take a long nap actually. After this <laughs> but, um, I do have a uh, a big piece up at SI.com right now from the finals last night and just about this series and about how the Warriors rebuilt themselves and got to this point and some of the, the key things along the way. Um, so a, a lot of good stuff in that story. So people should go check that out at SI.com. And, of course, the crossover podcast with uh, myself and Chris Mannix. You can go find that on all the usual podcast platforms.
There you go. Well, good stuff as always, my man. I definitely appreciate you. Mannix is one of the guys that I, I go to a lot as well, and I appreciate his efforts as well. So, Howard, thank you so much. Enjoy your weekend. We'll talk soon. Thanks much. Appreciate it. Absolutely. There he goes. Howard Beck, Sirius XM uh, Radio, also senior senior writer at SI. Does a fantastic job. And uh, Chris Mannix is the guy that I used to talk to all the time about the NBA. So, Nice little podcast going on right there with those. Well, those those two guys, that's going to do it for us. We're going to make our, our way out of here a little bit early on this Friday. Enjoy your Father's Day weekend. All the fathers in Raider Nation, uh, shout out to you, man. Do what you do. Enjoy your weekend. It is for you. And uh, enjoy some Aviator baseball. We'll be back on Monday. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.